The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Welcome back to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We are beginning a series today on mental health. Um, today we're talking about Christian myths about mental illness, uh, five of them, and uh, a cri- the crisis maybe of mental health in our world, in our neighborhoods. I'm joined by, as always, Christy Penley and Ben Sternke. Good day. Good day. Good, Good day. Here. Good day. As We should say as usual, because as sometimes usual. one of us can't make it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Just, not always, but usually. But the gang is here. The honesty. Gang is here. Yeah, the gang is here, and honesty is the best policy. So I'm just trying to keep it real. All right. Well, <laughs> my New Year's resolution is to lie just enough for you to correct me, Ben. <laughs> you are doing, you're killing <laughs> doing it. such a good job oh with that. Oh, my goodness. We, we, uh, we've been talking. No, no lies here. No lies detected. And what mm-hmm. I'm going to say here, we've mm-hmm. been chatting about um, finding space on our podcast to share more from just the three of us. We have a lot of guests. I mean, the past few episodes of our podcast, we've received tons of great feedback from y'all, um, including all my chicken joke. I really appreciate uh, all the, all the camaraderie and solidarity there. Yeah. Yeah. There's people talking about it on Twitter. Um, but, uh, but, but also this year in 2023, we want to mix in more of just the three of us talking about things that we're learning, things that we're discovering and ways that we're growing right, as leaders uh, in churches. And so we thought we'd start with this topic um, of mental illness and mental health. You up for that? Yeah, yeah. and it, honestly, like it's it's all hit us in different ways, right? And our listeners are going to be the same. We all have different stories. But I think about, honestly, Matt, the last, I don't know, three months in my life, I had a, a roommate 
in college die by suicide. Mm-hmm. I had a dear friend of mine up their anti-anxiety medicines double it in the last six months. Um, I have a, a kid that I'm working with um, that I that I care about who real serious mental illness and, mm. and maybe discipline within the school system because of choices that that he's made. And so those are just three examples, but we all represent different stories of how this is impacting us personally and um, us as a community. So I think it's important to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of a crisis right now. I think I've noticed post, uh, I want to talk about COVID and I find myself saying post pandemic, but that's really not we're post- there's a new phase of the pandemic yeah, or something we're, that we're in, right? Yeah. What do we yeah. call this phase? Like the pandemic yeah. era? I don't know. The, um, we're, we're still, when COVID hit and things shut down and masks were worn and kids didn't go to school and parents had to work from home and take care of kids, um, I, I noticed a, a mental fatigue and uh, almost, almost like a uh, <coughs> paralysis. <laughs> What was that? Is that Paul? What are you? Paul is like working next to me and he just. <laughs> yeah, he did. Nice to hear from you, Not Paul. Not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, it's never happened. Well, he's never in the room when I'm recording. Paul has this little running gag with me. Anytime I mention COVID, he sneezes. So maybe that's yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> that's probably, he intuitively knew what was going on. COVID test, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, I, mean, I think the mental health. Um, temperature of our country, the United States, mm-hmm. and in, in other countries too, is is pretty. It's high. Like people are really struggling. Yeah, actually, can I give you a few statistics? Um, just on in America, forty six percent of Americans at some time in their life will experience some sort of disorder. That's mm-hmm. almost a fourth of Americans in any given year, um, hmm. and twenty eight percent have more than one illness, which is significant. Um, Anxiety and impulse control are the top two disorders that are represented in the United States, which makes sense um, Mm. with at least what I see and experience. Um, Women are more likely to have mood and anxiety disorders, and men are more likely to have impulse control disorders. Hmm. And one in 17 suffer from a serious mental illness. Mm. Um, And then the last one, mental disorders are the leading cause of disability in the United States and Canada from ages 15 to 44. Wow. Jeez. I just feel like those are sobering. Yeah. They are. What what strikes you about those statistics, Ben? Um, Yeah, just that this is common. You know, like what, what today, you know, we categorize as mental uh, illness or disorder uh, is really common. And, um, and yeah, it used to be, I mean, you know, part of what we want to talk about is, you know, how we grew up, you know, in the relationship of the church and faith and um, our, our Christ, kind of Christian upbringing and the relationship that we had to those, to those things. And it just, it wasn't, when I was growing up, it just wasn't talked about like this. It wasn't right. talked about this openly. Um, it wasn't seen, there was a stigma around it. Yes. It was like this, these things were whispered about. It was like, oh my God, so many, you know, like it, it was not, it was, I don't know. It was not seen as a polite conversation. Yes. You know, you shouldn't talk about this. 
So. Yes. I, what what's what I was reminded of Ben when you were sharing that is there's a scene in Mad Men, which was a um, a sit uh, not a sitcom but a series on TV <laughs> about ten years ago, and yeah. uh, Don Draper is the lead character and he's like yeah. this um, egomaniac, alcoholic, type A, really high driven, and he's got mm-hmm. this wife at home who's dealing with a husband that's inattentive and alcoholic and works all the time, you know, and she begins yeah. to see a therapist. Um, oh, and yeah. <laughs> do you remember this? The, yeah, the, yeah. This the, 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 the therapy is um, like 1960s therapy, so it's a little different than today. But yeah. uh, there are multiple scenes where Don Draper calls the therapist to get like yeah. a report. Like, did yeah. you fix my wife? Is she did better you, now? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and so th- there, we, we're not there, but like yeah. I think we did grow up with maybe not mm-hmm. having, not being conversant in talking about things like trauma or things like anxiety or things yeah. like PTSD, or things mm-hmm. like narcissism. Um, and I think that the result of that, at least in our experience, my experience, has been that we traffic in a lot of unhelpful tropes or myths in the church about mental health. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we're, we're not up to speed. We don't really understand it well. We're not used to talking about it. And so I want to I wanna throw out a few myths with you guys, five of them. Uh, this was an article that's posted on our site that we wrote this year, um, but we wanted to like unpack these a bit more. So uh, if you want to revisit these afterwards, there will be a link to the article in the show notes. But let me throw out a myth, and then you guys just reflect back. Have you heard this? Have you experienced this? Have you believed this? Have you, um, mm. you know, how, how has it hit you? So the first myth is this, that Christians can't be mentally ill. Mm. Myth number one yeah. is Christians can't be mentally ill. Yeah, I believe that. I, I think, I mean, the myth is, I think, not just about mental illness, but I grew up believing it was about any illness, mental, physical, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? um, it was Christians can't be if, sick at all. Can't be sick. Can't oh. be sick. Oh. To the point where um, I was in college and I was in the hospital. I remember I had 50% of my liver functions not correctly, and they didn't know that. They were trying to figure it out. Huh. I had people come into the hospital two guys from my school and basically say, you need to confess your sins. That's what, that's why this is happening to you. This is why that's happening. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, that that thought pattern is about, for me, was like growing up was about physical, but it was also mm. about mental, but we didn't talk about the mental. Mm. Yeah. Not at all. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know that I ever had this as a belief of my own, that the, that it's impossible for Christians to be mentally ill. Um, and I think we'll get into this with future, some of the future myths or the the, myth, the other myths. Um, but it was definitely like, you weren't a very good Christian. <laughs> you know, like, mm. like, you know, you mean, there's, there's yeah. something was like defective or like men, like these kinds of problems were seen as a moral failure. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's another myth, Ben. Maybe we'll go to this one out of order okay. that spiritually healthy or mature Christians won't have mental illness. Right. right. That's the same thing as mental mental health is spiritual health. Yeah, they're, right? they're yeah. the same thing. And yeah. if you grow in Christ, if you grow if you grow in your faith, then your mental illnesses will resolve themselves. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I I definitely had that um I think assumption growing up as a Christian. You know, it's never like None of these things were ever explicitly stated, 
you know, in one, in one sense or another for me anyway. Okay. Um, but there was, it was definitely the, 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 uh, implication of a lot of conversations was, was this is like, if you, if you'll just grow in Christ, like your anxiety will get better. You'll be less depressed. Mm. It'll automatically happen. Now, I think actually sometimes that actually does happen to people, <laughs> which actually makes things confusing because sometimes it is, it is helpful and it does, you know, yes. but other times it doesn't, and it doesn't necessarily, they're not necessarily connected. Yeah. I think is the, is the important thing to say there. Yeah, maybe it's important to mention the listener here real quick, Christy, before you jump in, is that this series is going to have an entire episode, at least one, dedicated to what does Christian spirituality and our maturity in Christ have to do with our mental health? So yeah. th- it's yeah. not that um, our Christian faith and our mental health have nothing to do with each other. Right. right, they're and not I, divided. Yes, but um, but I think what we're trying to tease out here is what happens when we focus on one to the exclusion of the other. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. ignore the other. Yes, I yeah. mean, I I I believe the lie that uh, if you trusted God enough, you wouldn't ever be sad, you wouldn't ever mm-hmm. have anxiety. Yeah, you you know, it was about a trust issue, and like Ben. Like you said, I don't remember something explicitly being said, like from the pulpit or right. you know that type of thing. But it was definitely what was communicated in in yeah. the community I was a part of. Yeah, yeah. And th- how about that's, you, Matt? Um, yeah, I just keep thinking about the way that I've moralized my ADHD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell um, me more. Yeah. So we're going to have a, an episode, probably the second or third episode, where we're going to talk about our experience with our own mental health. And so I won't go into too much of this, but let me give you an artifact. I was in fifth grade, uh, undiagnosed ADHD. Um, I'm, um, I just recently told the story. I don't know if it was with you two or not, but my favorite teacher in the world, Mrs. Connor, had just given us a test. And uh, I always tell my kids that you, they sit in these little groups and they have group work. And we sat in these isolated desks where we weren't allowed to talk to each other, you know. But we were passing the test down the row to pass them in. And I gathered the, t- the test from the person next to me. And the person next to me, I remember his name, um, he wrote, have a great day, Mrs. C, on this, te- on this test. And Im- impulsively, immediately, I wrote an RAP after the C. <laughs> right? There's a reason why I bring the dad jokes, okay? Um, so 11-year-old Matt writes, uh, turns, have a great day, Mrs. C, into have a great day, Mrs. Crap. <laughs> and I giggle to myself and I pass it in. Oh well, gosh. that test stayed on the top. And Mrs. Connor looked down at the test and she said, who did this? Mm. And then it was a 30-minute interrogation of everybody in that row and this impending doom that I was going to be found out. And I honestly remember 30 minutes, the internal monologue was, why did I do that? I love, I love this teacher. I don't, I don't think she's crap. I don't, how do I, how do I say I have no idea why I did that? Um, And uh, there's 10,000 stories like that from my childhood where impulsively I would do something and immediately regret it and have no idea why I did it, but not be able to tell people that because it sounds crazy. 
Right. Right. It sounds yeah, ridiculous. Right. You do, yeah. You don't know why you did it. Mm, you yeah. Know, like, sure. Yeah, you're just making excuses for yourself. Now, yeah. 46 year old Matt invites that little 11 year old on his lap and says, well, that's because your midbrain, the switch between your midbrain and your prefrontal cortex was broken. Yes. And the prefrontal cortex is the break and you don't have a break. Mm-hmm. It doesn't function well. And so, yeah, that just popped out of your, you know, midbrain and you weren't able Straight to stop fingers. it. Yeah. You know? And it, but but the the issue is is that for decades I moralized those things. Yes. Yeah. There was no compassion for me to me or for others. I couldn't ask for compassion, I couldn't give myself compassion. I was yeah. too busy condemning myself for things I didn't understand. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that's 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 one of the ways I think that um for me uh and we'll talk about this in episode uh, three, probably, that that my inability to identify and befriend my mental, my neurodivergency led me to mistreat myself and moralize things that weren't moral flaws. Yeah. 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 And now a word from a sponsor. The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course. Our 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn how to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life that God shares with us. It is a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying out some new practices. In the Gravity Formation course, we go below the surface of our lives so that we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and to discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it's helped many people to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, go to gravitycommons.com slash formation. All right, let's get back into our conversation. Yeah, and I think it was it was you were sharing this story with um, uh, with me, uh, and I think uh, Deb can't remember. Yeah, um, but it was because well, now you won't forget it, Ben. Now it's I know, yeah, yeah. But I remember this because, <laughs> and it is maybe worth saying, is because like we were at a we were at a church staff meeting, and mm. you know, you for whatever reason, like oh, that's right, you were kind of like cracking jokes and. You know, my, my phrase for it was, you were a bit punchy. I, I told you you were full of beans, um, and uh, <laughs> which is just a funny phrase I like to say uh, when I can. Um, but yeah, and I think you were just reflecting on that. Um, and I, I think it's just an artifact of you being able to, I think it's healthy for you to be able to recognize, oh yeah, I was, you know, I was being a little bit disruptive or, you know, and it it wasn't necessarily a, a problem. We kind of joking with like, mm-hmm. like you know, geez, let's stay on task here. Um, but anyway, it just struck me as a, as a healthy reflection on your part to be able to go, I don't know why that was taking place, but this is a theme in my life. And it reminded you of that story. Um, so I think that's, that, that, that's a huge thing. I think a, a huge paradigm shift for me has been to demoralize, um, if that's the right word for it, like to, to, instead of, thinking about these things in moral terms yeah. to, to just think about them in terms of physiological 
uh, kinds of things. It's like, it, it, it's made a huge difference. And I remember, um, a couple things come, come to mind for me. One is reading, uh, ragamuffin gospel. Um, who's that? Who's the author? Brennan Manning. Brennan. Yeah. Brennan Manning. Brennan Manning. That sort of was like, what? Like how, like how can he be this spiritual writer and then like struggle with alcoholism? Was it, you know, and like, that was a huge thing was like, Oh, this is interesting. This, this man's spiritual maturity doesn't necessarily line up with his ability to say no to alcohol. Um, and then mother Teresa too, some of the, her remarks near the end of her life about how she felt abandoned by God for most of her life. Mm -hmm. Um, we're like, Oh my gosh. Like she, you know, I mean, she's served God, you know, and was committed and all of that kind of thing. But seemed to, I don't know if it was ever diagnosed as a mental illness thing or a neurodivergence thing, but just to know that she was sort of, wasn't always internally just happy uh, to be doing this work and had her questions and didn't understand, you know, uh, maybe was depressed. Um, that yeah. was a big paradigm shift. Well, what we're talking about here, including your story about Mother Teresa, um, and my story about ADHD actually relates to one of the myths, the third myth, which is depressed or anxious or ADHD Christians are sinful. Mm-hmm. The moralizing of mental health. Yeah. I think there's been a, a huge shame that's been put, that put, that's put on people. Mm. Um, unfortunately, from the church, like get your act together type right. message. Yeah. And I, as I grow and learn, I just keep seeing examples of Jesus in the gospel and his voice is never that his voice is always the removal of shame. His voice is like to bring us to a a better way of living. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not, you're bad. Um, and I, I, I hate that people believe that lie about themselves, right. About ourselves. Yeah. 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 Story comes to mind for me in the gospels of, you know, the disciples trying to figure out why the man was born blind. And this is like, apparently a normal, you know, piece, like a, like who, who sinned? sinned? Yeah. Who sinned? You know, like what, yeah. who, uh, whose problem is this? Whose moral problem is this man's blindness? And I remember Jesus um, answer, uh, I think reflects his whole ministry, which is, that's not the question. The question is who's suffering. And you know what I mean? Like that, mm. Let, let me uh, alleviate uh, the suffering that's going on here. I mean, that, that was his concern was to heal the man who was born yes. blind because his blindness was a, was a source of suffering for him. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, uh, that's been a big, yeah, a big paradigm shift um, just to see those things in terms of, not in terms of moral failures, but in terms of suffering. Yeah. God seeks to alleviate and heal. Yeah. And I wish the message came across was, was not you're broken, you're bad. Here's your thing. I see, I don't see you as a person. I see you as like a diagnosis. Mm. I wish, I wish that we could see people as people, but I wish that we would also see ourselves as first beloved is first like God saying, I love you. Not like what's wrong with me. And here's my brokenness. And if we could have that paradigm shift of first understanding our identity as being loved by God, Man, that would be transformative. 
Yeah, I think I think we're going to talk in either episode two or three about how to respond to mental illness and with ourselves and other people. I think part of how to respond, Christy, is just that um, sometimes we can't internalize our belovedness until someone treats us as beloved. Yes. Yes. Right. And so often that gets communicated by people that take care of us and raise us, but oftentimes it doesn't. And so part of, uh, part of maybe what to do and also the reintegration of mental health and discipleship or formation is, uh, becoming resonating witnesses to each other, Mm -hmm. learning how to be present and steady with love, even in the face of depression or suicidal ideation, et cetera. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, parenthetically, when, when they asked who sinned, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, to get this, I, Jesus answered it really brilliantly, but he really missed a great your mom joke opportunity. <laughs> I just want to that would have shocked out. him. What? What are you talking about? Uh, got him. <laughs> he was like, "Guy, just just wait to twenty twenty three when Matt it, says it on the podcast." I just <laughs> turns to him and says, "I happen to know your I mom do. sinned." <laughs> I do, I do think when John writes, Jesus did many other things, and we couldn't write them all because they'd fill the amount of books in the world. I think there's at least a dozen your mom jokes in there uh, that he just didn't think were important for eternal life, but yeah, would have probably. really uh, helped me read the Gospels when I struggled to do that. All right. Uh, myth number four is um, the cure the cure for mental illness is prayer. Pray the mental illness away, we could call it. Have you guys encountered Well, this one's this right one? in the Bible. Right. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do think about mm. this verse a lot. Um, and I, maybe we can talk about this when we talk about the integration of faith and, mm-hmm. you know, mental health, but you know, Paul writes to the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. So right there, yeah. don't stop worrying. Do not be anxious about stop anything, it. but by prayer and petition, you know, present your request to God with Thanksgiving and the peace of God will, um, uh, that surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts. Yeah, it will guard your Christ hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, um, so it's. Uh, I f- I feel like that's one that for me like resonated for a long time. I was like, well, there it is. It's right there in the Bible. You just have to pray, and then the peace of God will guard your heart, and you won't feel, you know, you won't feel bad anymore. Yeah, Christy, have you encountered this one too? Yeah, you know, honestly, like I, I'm sure I taught it wrong. Like, I think I've communicated to people wrong, right? Sure, I did for sure. And I'm like, oh, I just think back to, like, stupid things I've said or (sighs) taught, and I'm like, uh, I just, yeah. Yes. Now, let me just say here that because just because this is a myth doesn't mean prayer isn't effective or, in some cases, deliver people from mental health issues. Right. Right? So, um, So don't hear what we're not saying. Uh, I had a friend say, and I had a I had a, uh, a parishioner who had some debilitating depression, and they prayed and were delivered from it. That's great, mm, amen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's to say that um, the the Smith functions to uh, do something where it, prayer is an exclusive way of dealing with mental illness, and then mm. leaves the prayer feeling deficient, insufficient, guilty, ashamed, if nothing changes. Yes. It's right. my fault, right? And there's some right. theological traditions that really do say this, right? If you're sick or you're mentally ill, it's, and we talked about this earlier, it's a reflection of your lack of faith. Right. Right? right. 
Because again, um, there's Bible passages that seem to, in, you know, there's ways of reading the Bible that would indicate, you know, Jesus could do known mighty miracles because yeah. they didn't have any faith, you know? Um, right. So anyway, so it's like, it's understandable, but it is, it is a myth, but I, I think it would be helpful for us to return to that in a later episode. Like what is the, what is the role of faith then and prayer, you know, in the yeah. life of the Christian and as it relates to their mental health. Are you guys watching the chosen? Do you guys watch the chosen? I watched the first episode and my kids freaked out and they won't watch the second okay. one. Okay. Why did well, they freak the- out? Uh, well, the first episode has somebody who's demon possessed. Oh, that is a little freaky. It's a little freaky. What? Okay. Dad, why are you making me watch this? I hate Jesus. (laughs) Well, killing it. The third season is actually addressing this idea of people not getting healed. Is it really? And I think it's really good. Like, I think it's it's important to have that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in in light of mental health, and as what we're talking about too, um, that just because somebody has faith, just because someone prays, just because you know, doesn't mean that that it's just going to be gone. And there are things that we will battle until the day we die, and we need to be community yes. to each other in that. Mm, yep, that's, that's great. Yep. I, incidentally, you are the like the eighteenth person who's asked me if I've ever seen the Chosen. I've never, I've never watched an episode because I have a little bit of this allergy to like Christian well, TV shows. That's why I ask because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, some of our listeners I are know, like, no way, I'll never do that. But I just wanted to mention hey, it. Maybe that, give it, give it a shot. Yes, that's what I hear from everybody. It's just like, you know what, you might like it. So I might give it a shot. Has Celeste gotten your ear about it, Ben? Has she prejudiced you against it? No. (laughs) You you would think, but uh, she hasn't. No. She doesn't Um, talk to me about much. So, yeah. Listen, if Ariana Grande was in it, Cece Uh, would be all about it. Yeah. Hit her up. Get her on. Just see if she can have a guest guest appearance. Yeah, a guest appearance. (laughs) Um, As long as she's not a demon-possessed woman. (laughs) You know, <laughs> that's a no go, no go zone. You know, the, the person who said, you know, uh, pray without ceasing, right? The person who said pray without ceasing um, had to leave Trof- Trophimus sick in Miletus. Right. But could raise somebody from the dead who fell asleep because he was preaching too long. Like, I, I think we, we could do a whole series on prayer as well. And there's something yeah. to say about. This anxious rub the genie bottle. If I want it bad enough, then God will give it to me. Way that we've been discipled to pray serves us poorly when it comes to how do we pray about mental illness. Come on, right? So I think we. Yeah, I think we got some jacked up um, experiences and formation in how to pray. Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. that leads to this myth having uh, doing more damage than it would otherwise. Yep, because Scripture is clear that like. Sometimes prayer does the thing that you want it to, and sometimes prayer doesn't. Yeah. And it, you know, Paul, there's no indication from Paul that, you know, well, I shouldn't have played video games for six hours before I prayed for Trophimus. <laughs> you know, he's not right. like, he's maybe not I should have been reading my himself. scrolls instead of playing Call of Duty. You know, there's yeah. nothing, yeah. there's none yeah. of that. It's just like, well, he wasn't healed, so we went yeah. somewhere else, or we went without him, you know? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> All right, finally. <laughs> Yeah, there's well, a lot to say about that. There is, right? So, there's a whole, like, um, our relationship to prayer contributes to this myth having power. Yeah. We'll be right back. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get back to the show. I think the, the temptations that a lot of us feel are either to go all in on the anxious, rub the genie, want it bad enough, and God will mm-hmm. do it. Like yeah. to, to treat God as like a little bit of a machine that I can manipulate. Uh, with my with my desires, with my prayers, um, but then like when that doesn't work or it becomes too painful, I think the other ditch is just that we we're just like, well, I don't know, I have no idea. Prayer doesn't work, and so maybe I'll be healed, maybe I won't. It's a crapshoot. I don't, you know, just a big shrug. Um, but I think the other side of that is like, I'm and part of this, I'm thinking about this because I'm preaching um, Matthew nine this okay. Sunday. All right, give him where, some space, Christy. Here he goes. Here we go. <laughs> give us the sermon. Where, Jesus often in the Gospels does things simply because someone asked him to. Now, like that's going to be, I think that's going to be our good news. It's just like, so don't, don't cease to ask because it didn't work, in quotes, one time or two times or t- 12 times. Um, because sometimes God does things because people ask him to. That's the kind of God he is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's a lot to unpack there because that's that it feels like a tension we have to live in that is fraught. It is fraught. So. And it's it's exacerbated by our uh modern technological increasingly controlling everything 
existence yeah. Yeah. where we aren't used to not getting well when we want it, how we want it. That's right. Right? We're just not... I mean, I'm sitting yeah. in my 67-degree house in my ergonomical chair talking into right. my really good microphone, wearing right. enough clothes to keep my body at the right temperature for me, <laughs> sipping my coffee I made and my... Yeah. I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much that's catering yeah. to our every whim so that yeah. prayer then becomes stepping into a mystery that we just don't encounter anywhere yeah. else. Even that phrase, it didn't work. Right. Right? Reveals that. It reveals yeah. that, we're, oh, prayer's a technology. If we yes. think it works or doesn't. Yes. But it's not a technology. Oh, well, <clears throat> we have to do well, that I, episode now. I'm convicted now. I know. Now we, now we have a whole series on prayer coming up. Pray for me, listener. <laughs> just, don't, just don't pray for me in the wrong way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't anxious. Well, I'll take all of them. I'll take yeah, any I'll take, kind of prayer. I'll take all the prayer you can give me. Okay, so the final yeah. myth is related to these other ones, but it's that mental, mentally ill Christians just need biblical counseling. Ooh. Mentally ill Christians just need biblical counseling. When you hear that, how does that differentiate it? Or what is that, what, uh, what additional does that illuminate for you in terms of how that myth functions in, our, in, in your life or in our churches? What would you say, Christy? Oh, I got a lump in my throat. It makes me really angry hmm. because... I think that that is part of my college roommate's story. As she was told, it's just about biblical counseling. And if you just got biblical counseling, you'd be better. And this is the one you were talking about earlier. You died by suicide. She died. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like there's part of me that's like, I got to scream it from the rooftops of like, Oh, we are missing, we are yeah. missing some things here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the nature, like when we say biblical counseling, I don't, maybe not all of our listeners might be, it feels like a vague category for me. Like what, what was it for, for your roommate? Yeah. I mean, I think it has to do with the myths we already mentioned, but yeah. it, it's this idea that first of all, mental illness maybe isn't real. <laughs> Right. Like yeah. it's like it's just a sin issue. You need to confess. You need to pray. You need to like trust Jesus more. Um, and there was more going on yeah. in my friend's body and mind and yeah. soul. And so, yeah, I think. I think part of what contributes to this is this belief that the Bible contains everything we need. Full stop. Yeah. Right? right. Which, mm -hmm. and, and what's interesting is, um, you know, we don't operate like that when we, uh, when we drive a car, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Cars, cars right. are built with knowledge that exists outside of scripture. Right? right? right. Or when we brush Keep... our teeth, why do we brush our teeth? Yeah. Why do we go to a it's doctor? Right. Right. None of this stuff is, none of this stuff is, we're not given instructions for any of this stuff in scripture, but we operate in there. But we, there is this switch that's flipped yeah. when we talk about mental illness so that we are very skeptical of, you know, secular psychology or uh, therapies yeah. or counseling. And they're not all created equal, right? And we need, we do need to sure. be discerning, yeah, but sure. there is yeah. a lack of consistency and integrity when we hold that scripture has everything we need, and then wantonly yeah. just grab bag 
things from outside yeah. of scripture without, you know, without, without any uh, sheepishness yeah. and then bar people like your roommate from seeking a counselor because, quote, all you need is the Bible. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. medicine. And that's like a whole other thing. And I know that mm-hmm. that's debated, but, but the reality is I have asthma. If I don't take my inhaler, I could die. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And and I think that there are people who there is a chemical imbalance, and if they don't take that medicine, yeah. they could die. Now I know that there's a flip side of like people misusing medicine, and and I get that. Please don't send me an email. But um, <laughs> you know, I just think um, we we need to to see more clearly. There's more here that we need to dive into. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not just hey, confess your sins, and then yeah. you will be mentally whole. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's the same kind of sentence as, you know, uh, if you confessed your sins or if you just learned a little bit more of the Bible, you wouldn't have tooth decay or right. you'd be able to drive your car better. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, or like when we send our kids off to learn how to drive, we send them to biblical driving school, <laughs> you know, and they'd look up all the passages that have to do with roads. Now look, I am sending <laughs> Soren there. In to biblical Springs. driving school? Would be the only city that they'd probably... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Colorado Someone's Springs would have biblical driving school. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Now, now again, there are... Don't hear what we're not saying. There are some things in Scripture that can help us if we're, if we're struggling with mental health. I mean, yes. for yes. instance, research tells us that a, a lot of people who experience anxiety and depression are people who have experienced uh, sadness, wrongdoing pain, mm-hmm. harm, abuse, and they don't know how to me- metabolize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to deal with it. And I think right. that scripture, uh, not least of which in, um, in the honor it gives to things like lament, mm-hmm. right? right, and the space it gives to being <clears throat> sad in God's presence has a lot to help us with. In a culture Absolutely. that is allergic to sadness, we treat sadness yes. like a disease, right? Mm-hmm. That that somehow the American dream excludes the experience of sadness, mm-hmm. and I think that is thoroughly unhelpful for human flourishing and contrary to what we learn in Scripture. So it's not that Scripture doesn't have things that can help us deal mm-hmm. with mental health issues. It's that it wasn't written to contain everything we need to know about mental health. That's right. In the 21st century. Right. You know what it I mean? just like wasn't... That, that's, we, have to, we have to live where we live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, so, and so these are five myths that we have experienced, that we think have uh, done some damage. I mean, Chrissy shared the story, a very personal yeah. story. Um, and, uh, there's a listener, you probably have interacted with these myths or others. Let us know if you have other myths that you feel like um, you've encountered and that have yeah. done you know, bad work in your life. We'd love yeah. to hear those. Um, any any final maybe, thoughts, you guys? You're going to say maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe even we we talk about them. So, I mean, feel free to like uh, email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. And, you know, we'd love for this to be an interactive uh, kind of episode with our listeners or series with our listeners. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only thing that's been kind of resonating for me that I wanted to mention before we go here is... Um, I don't really know this that feels it's a kind of a theological um, point that I'm making, but uh, Matt, when you were talking about how many of us cannot feel loved 
until we have an embodied resonating yeah. witness yeah. to to give us love i immediately thought of the incarnation and i thought of this is what god has done for us in christ hmm. is given us a resonating witness so how do, how do how do we know that god cares about us in the way that god cares about us well like the actions and the words of jesus and the way that he was a human resonating witness to the people around him. And then the way that his ministry is extended into the world through uh, the Holy spirit and the church. It just, just gave me like, uh, I don't know, some goosebumps a little bit, just thinking like this, this is the work that we've been given to do this extension of the ministry of the resonating witness. Yeah. Anyway. Well, maybe we can conclude with this little thing to marinate on, truth to marinate on. Um, I just spoke uh, in Washington this past weekend and just at the end of one of my talks, just had everyone close their eyes and kind of sit in this truth. So I'm going to, if you're driving and listening to this podcast, don't (laughs) close your eyes. eyes. But otherwise, (laughs) maybe maybe this is how we can end. And these are just truths. Mm. We are mentally ill and we are loved. We are broken people and we are welcomed. We feel as though we are bleeding out and we are celebrated. We are wounded and we are cherished. We are addicts and we are beloved. We are fragile and we are adorned. We are impure and we are touchable. We are human and we are a friend of Jesus. We are loved. Amen. Yep. Thanks, Christy. Ministering yeah. to us here. Thank you. The podcast. Next time, uh, we'll probably share, I think we'll share our experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Share more of them. So, yeah. uh, listener, as you as always, you can uh, contact us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Uh, if you have uh, testimonies or experiences uh, you want to share with us privately, that's fine. If uh, sometimes we read things on the podcast, we only do that asking for permission. In fact, yes. one of our yeah. series this coming uh, year will be on how do we hear from God. Yeah. Uh, a listener has been corresponding with me about um, her journey and struggle to know that she's hearing from God. So we're going to talk about that too. Anyway, thanks for joining us today. Our prayer series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm. And we will, uh, we will see you, uh, metaphorically speaking, next time. Yep. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Joining our Gravity community is free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the podcast, and you can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start record button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.